Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. This is now part two of The Force Awakens. As mentioned in a previous episode, it got a bit out of hand and we couldn't really find a way to trim it down to one normally episode. So you get more. Yay. Uh, but you will notice that it does kind of start abruptly because our plan was never to have it as two episodes. So anyway, here is part two of The Force Awakens. Here's, I, I forget, what is the term for when Falcon flies at his fastest? Is it light speed or hyperspeed? What is the term? God, no, he we're, says... We're two nerds that can't think of it. No, that. no, definitely. I mean, in A New Hope, he's like, yeah, i got to make the jump to light speed. Yeah, yeah, okay. But they call it the hyperdrive. Ah, okay, maybe that's why I'm mixing those terms up. Okay. So we'll say they flew at light speed to a new planet, Maz Kanata's planet, which I'm not sure has a name. But they fly from it takes about three minutes. Yeah. And we all and we all know that light speed isn't fast enough in space to travel to get anywhere. Mm. Yeah. But let's let's assume that's not the issue. Alright. <laughs> so let's talk about Maz Kanata, our favorite character. Yeah. Who I, up until this time of watching it, knowing I was going to talk about this, didn't bother to learn her name and often refer to her as female Yoda because yeah. she's tiny and Big eyes. wise and wise, yeah, yeah. I guess. But she's apparently run this place for like a thousand years. Yeah, she's old. Yeah. She even put a statue of herself at the top of the bar, I guess. I, I don't know. It just seems way over the top. <laughs> yeah. Well, she got little person syndrome. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, well, I not just that. Just her being here for a thousand years, running a bar for a thousand years. She must really like it. And she's still collecting glasses. Like, she was collecting empties and putting them back on the bar. I'm like, been doing this for 500 years. Isn't she in charge? I don't, I, I don't know. But... Once they're in the bar, a random girl recognizes BB-8, and so does a random droid, and they both call, like, respectively, like, the they call the First Order, and they call the Resistance. Like, hey, you'll never believe what I just saw. Lifted directly from New Hope as well, with the guy, you know, the... Yeah. Okay, but here's my, here's the huge difference between that one and this one. In A New Hope, there are stormtroopers right outside. We saw them yeah. right outside. In this one, they are calling them from what I assume is light speed away. Yeah, yeah. you know, I I don't understand. Uh, yeah, that that whole scene was like the John Wick's the John Wick two scene where like the contract goes out to everyone's cell phones and it's like just this bar full of mercenaries. I mean, I don't know. I kind of I like that scene. I liked because it's like goes back to the cantina scene again and they 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 redo it and I thought some of it was pretty well done, but. Again, like like what we've been saying this entire time is like just rushing things ahead, like just like let's move it, let's keep moving, let's keep moving. Just it's solvable, like you said. There could be a stormtrooper outside, or or something. In most Eisley and New Hope, they were there. No, they they're based the, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In this, we are given no impression that they're anywhere nearby, and I somehow doubt that Maz Kanata would have a bar so close to a First Order base. Uh, so hey, they they get called. This be important when we find out how little time it takes to get there. <laughs> and then we see Kylo Ren speaking to Vader's mask, which I, I just I just don't like. Did you notice that that thing that it's in? When you were talking when you said before earlier that we brought the First Order back from the ashes of the Empire, did you notice that that thing that it's sitting in is actually full of ash? Yeah. 
Well, is that uh, the actual literal ashes of the empire? Uh, no, I. Or is it just a giant ashtray? I think it's meant to be the ashes of Vader, but that makes very little sense. Because he puts his own helmet in that at one point and it puffs up, but you can see it's ash. Because when he takes his own helmet off, he puts it there and it's like, poof. Yeah. That would be a bit disrespectful if it was his ashes. Oh, yeah, I guess it would. <laughs> so I guess it's just ash, I yeah. guess. But you're telling me that somebody went to Endor and found the funeral pyre that Luke had made and found the helmet, and the helmet is still recognizable after being hot enough to burn an entire body. And, I mean, I assume it must have been pretty hot. I don't think Luke would have went, well, I guess it doesn't burn. That was a waste of time. (laughs) I think it's kind of pointless. So I, I, I just, I'm very irritated by that. I even in the trailer, I think we saw that knife. Yeah, we did really irritated by that. But that's not the There's worst. Nothing... That's not the worst relic that will come into yeah. play. All right, so here's again a part where Finn's character just doesn't seem to be very well developed. Right, so he has pretended to be in the resistance to impress Ray, but obviously is not. But he's still supposedly trying to pretend he is. Right. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they start talking about taking on the First Order, Finn's like, oh, no, uh, we need to run. We can't do anything. And, and then Maz Kanata, who's so wise and can see so much, says, hmm, you look like the type of person who wants to run. Well, he just said that. <laughs> he just said that. <laughs> Don't understand. But, but my nose here is like, yeah, way to pretend to be in the resistance, Finn. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, we should run. We don't stand a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a big deal in the resistance, clearly. And yeah, that whole scene as well is like, wow, that's flip flop, flip flop. That whole thing's like, I'm going, I'm not going, I'm going, I'm not going. Yeah. And then he says he was taken from his family as baby and raised to do one thing. One thing. What's that one thing? Because we know follow orders. I guess. I guess, but clearly he failed at that one thing. <laughs> for, for if that's his one first thing, day of the job, yeah. yeah. And that's that's where I really can't stand his character. I feel his character has not been developed. It flip-flops back and forth. His motivation is just very unclear to me. The only motivation seems to be Ray is attractive, and I want to do whatever to be with Ray. That seems to be his only real I mean, consistent, consistent motivation. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I thought it was, I guess, in the beginning, she was his ticket away. I mean, no, because the hand-holding stuff, and he was trying to be the White Knight and stuff, wasn't he? So... Yeah, I don't know. I've got nothing. But that's the only that's the only motivation I find for him that is consistent. Everything else seems to be very inconsistent. Yeah. Now here comes the worst part. Yep. Right. So this is the mystery box. This is Abrams in a nutshell here. Yeah. The lightsaber calls to Ray. How? And makes her hallucinate all over the place. Why? Yeah, then she hallucinates again. How? Why? How did Maz Kanata get this one? Right. You and I had a debate as to even which saber it was. Yeah. Uh, we decided it must be the one from Empire, but that means that it would have fallen onto a gas planet and likely would have been destroyed because it would have fallen into the core of a planet. Yeah. I mean, I looked it up. I mean, I think, I don't know if it's, it might be the Star Wars Expanded, I think. There's a, I think that's, I don't know if it's canon or not, but it doesn't matter. It's a, It was a gas planet and gas planets have cores. Everything has a core. That lightsaber would have fallen into the middle of the planet and been crushed to nothing. But there it is. Yes, it is, as I put in my notes, a total mystery box. We don't know how it got there. We don't know. And for that, that's never going to that's never going to be explained. No, it's not. Which because it can't. I I love that she like Han asks something to that order of like, how'd you get it? Oh well, that's a story for another time. Which <laughs> in movie talk is 
You will never know that story. <laughs> that's that's a story that for, that's never going to be told. Yeah, we don't want to have to explain. There's no logical way to explain that one. Yeah, but she also says, "I'm no Jedi, but I know the Force," which just irritated me. And then she essentially paraphrases, I think, some things that Yoda has said before, mm. and just really, really irritates me. And then we move on to the First Order, and the General is making a rousing speech. Oh yeah. yeah. And by that, I mean the most boring speech that doesn't really say anything. And then we find out that uh, this whole planet is a Death Star. Yay, my favorite part of the whole movie. You imagine my, my... When I found that out in the cinema, that was when my heart broke when I was watching this movie. Honestly, I was so upset. And from what we talked about with the mystery box before, it's like, you don't steal the shark from Jaws. You steal one of the characters or you steal something subtle. It's like... He did not go subtle on this, and he's. We're just watching a new hope again. That made me. I'm. It's even making me angry now. And everything about it. It is big. It is powerful. It has a fatal flaw, a very obvious weakness. Yeah, and BB-8 is not carrying the plans for the Death Star this time. He's carrying the the map to Luke. It's everything is just lifted. And then as soon as you start, you notice those things like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting because that's from A New Hope. It's like, oh, there's an homage there, whatever we want to call it. And then you get to this part, and it's just like, wow, you really phoned this in. And I was so upset with that. I was so angry with that. I also find it hard to believe. We again, we're we're talking about well, sucking plasma from a sun onto a planet and not destroying the planet just by doing that is is insane. But... And being close enough to do it, yeah, okay. All right, th- there's a lot of physics that just doesn't seem to work here. But let's take that aside. Let's say we can turn our brains off for that part. Yeah. What I have trouble believing is within the story. We are again talking about let's say thirty years. They've gone from ashes to being powerful, and not just powerful, but Creating a weapon that can suck plasma from a sun, or plasma from a star, okay, and shoot use it, it. <laughs> shoot it, and not just shoot it at one target, but five targets at once, destroying five planets at once. And not only that, but to be a weapon of that magnitude, they essentially had to put it inside of a planet. They <laughs> essentially turned a planet into a weapon, all while... The Resistance was watching them the whole time. The Republic, supporting them, in theory, must be watching them at the same time. And somehow, they got away with this without anyone noticing. They never had plans for this. Yeah. They had plans for the Death Star, and the Empire seemed much more in control than the First Order. This seems way too much. If it had been a regular Death Star, I would have bought it more than this monstrosity. What I was thinking is if you wanted to do the sun thing, there's a perfectly easy way to do that. Maybe not as pretty on, on the screen, but like a Dyson sphere, you know, or something around, around a sun. Do you, know, do you know what I'm talking about? Dyson sphere? No, explain because right. they might not. Okay, so a Dyson, yeah, so basically a Dyson sphere is just like, there's like type one, type two, I think it goes up to type three civilizations. And basically type one is where we are. When you get up to type two and type three, Dyson sphere is basically, instead of needing coal and oil and stuff, for, or even solar power for energy, like you harness the entire power of a sun and basically you just build a shell around your sun and you take power directly from it, the energy. Because as your civilization it becomes more complex, you need more power. So like, yeah, a Dyson sphere around a sun, rather than sucking the plasma out of it, just build it around a sun and shoot it. But it would just be a big metal ball. Maybe he's like, oh, that's too much like a Death Star. It's like, so I'll build a planet Death Star. A death, star. a death planet instead. Okay, but yeah, Dyson Sphere would have solved that problem. Because okay. 
at least you could get away with, oh, we're building it for peaceful purposes, not when we're weaponizing your planet. <laughs> yeah, at least that would have gone a bit more unnoticed. Yeah. yeah, if they had been using it in some sort of way that made it look like it was a good thing. Yeah, but no, they've not, and no, no one is fooled by this. And then, as they're firing it off for the first time, people outside of Maz Kanata's bar can see the lights in the sky and they instantly freak out and are scared. How do they know what they are? Yeah. Like nobody even knew what this weapon was, right? If this weapon had been fired off and people knew what it was, then I could maybe understand. But they don't know what it is. For all they know it's a comet. Yeah. You know? But and, they're and, and they're behaving like medieval monks watching the skies. Yeah. Ah, it's the yeah. end of it's the end of the world. No, I, I kind of understand that on some of the planets where it was coming directly at them, that I can kind of understand their fear yeah, a bit more. Yeah. But it was not coming anywhere near Moscow's planet, <laughs> which, by the way, I also have a real problem with. It is daytime, and we can see these five lights clearly, and we can see the planets blowing up. It's it's daytime. It's not how daytime I mean, works. Yeah, their solar system, the planets must be really, really close. Yeah, yeah. Because from Earth, even Mars is just a dot in the sky. Yeah, and if it blew up even at nighttime. It would be hard to tell. But in this one, it was really obvious that there were like four planets blowing up. I, maybe you could see all five. I'm not sure. But that seemed way You could, de- you could definitely see that one there. I mean, that yeah. would be like your moon blowing up. But again, in daytime. In daytime. Yeah. I, I just find that so unlikely. I also think that if that's the case, if they're that close, their orbit should be just totally messed up. Yeah, they'd be doing a, a very scary dance around their sun. Yeah. But apparently gravity and orbit has no real issue in the Star Wars universe. And I'm pretty sure that Finn somehow says, oh, it's the first order, but how did he know? Because he also wouldn't have seen this far enough. He can have a guess, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the whole thing was a bit over the top. Yeah. So here we are. We're at one hour and 11 minutes and TIE fighters arrive. It has taken them in movie time 13 minutes from the time they got the call to showing up ready to fight and start, again, blasting away at everything, even though the information they want is inside. Well, Han Solo was quicker than them. They got they got a lot of catching up to do, yeah. So here is where Han said, where did you get the, where did you get the lightsaber? And Ma said, oh, good question for another time. That's literally what she says, which is just so weird. Don't but I was kind of going, well, you know... If you're just going to destroy everything anyway, why don't you just blow up the planet? You have the power. That That's the whole thing. It's like, we'll blow up everything around you, but not you, because we need an action sequence. And uh, that would be the end of the movie. Yeah, so. Welcome to another another chapter in Finn's story that makes no sense to me. Finn, he said, I need a weapon to Maz Kanata. And she said, you do have a weapon. He's holding a lightsaber, okay? Yeah. We next see him just stabbing right through a stormtrooper. He didn't want to kill the villagers he didn't know, but he has no problem killing this guy who he might know. <laughs> right? This might be his buddy. I don't understand. And even if it's like, you know that, that that's just a poor child that was brainwashed as a kid that you've just murdered. Right. Wasn't really <laughs> you know what he's been through. Yeah. And what you, you had what seemed like PTSD from the village but apparently that's over now like that i i don't understand and then a stormtrooper calls him a traitor how do you know how do you know unless that stormtrooper actually knows him and i find that so unlikely but okay let's assume that he does know him 
rather than shoot him. Unless he, they've been briefed, you know, maybe they've been briefed like you were after Finn the traitor stormtrooper guy. Maybe, maybe. I think that's quite that's a, stretch, a stretch, though. Yeah. Considering how little important they would probably think he had. Well, he was in sanitation, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> We need, for a short on sanitation workers, we really need him back. <laughs> I just find it so likely, uh, so unlikely. Especially, I mean, okay, so say they send out a memo to every stormtrooper. Yeah, we're after this guy. There's probably a list of a hundred people that the First Order is after. It. He's going to recognize that guy. Oh, you traitor. I, 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 no, I think it's too much. But then he throws down, the stormtrooper throws down his blaster and his shield and goes... I'll get out my electric, almost lightsaber thing so that we can have a lightsaber fight. Yeah. Essentially, right? And I, there's no reason to do that. The only reason to do that is to show that Finn must have been trained in this kind of fighting. And so why he's not completely worthless with a lightsaber. I actually didn't even think about that. You've solved the problem for me with that part because that now makes a little bit... Because I, I was thinking, that's one of my notes right here, is how the hell does Finn know how to use a lightsaber? Like... And I'm not talking about switching it on. I know it's... Like, <laughs> no, because apparently it's just a button. So. Yeah. Because um, it, it's supposed to be the Force, isn't it? So, I mean, if we're going, if we're sticking with that, it's like he has the Force in him. Yeah? So he's some kind of Jedi, I, I guess. I don't know. But my problem was, like, okay, let's just say, even if he is a Jedi and doesn't know it, how do you know how to swing it? You know? I mean, it's not, it's not like... I mean, I can pretend... I can pick up a... A wooden stick can pretend to sword fight, but there's no way I'd get my butt kicked in like two seconds. If you're fighting somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I did like that weapon, though. It was pretty cool. It reminded. It, it wasn't, honestly, the first time I didn't notice. The first time I went, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty handy. Though, in retrospect, like watching it now, it's a really ungainly weapon to carry with his armor. But I guess... Like, it's very large. But then this is this is a thing that would be... This is the movie they didn't make, is... Why do they have that? They've obviously been thought, well, we can't shoot them because they just force stop the bullets. We need to go hand to hand with these Jedi. So yeah, but there are no Jedi. So why would he need it? Right? Exactly. But see, this is where we're we're making the movie we wanted. Like that would have been much better. <laughs> I have no problem with the stormtrooper having it, though it does seem a bit awkward, and I don't know why he would have it unless there was a reason, and that would be a good reason. But there is no enemy that uses lightsabers until now. Yeah. So it's almost like Snoke is preparing just in case. But have one guy take one of those weapons down that planet because he might run into Finn. Yeah. <laughs> and let's I just mean, hope it's him. When I'm watching it now, that's what I feel like. Every time I watch it now, I'm like, oh, he's just doing this so they can have a lightsaber fight. Yeah. But it does make sense to show that that's why Finn can swing a saber yeah. and, and hit. But it just doesn't make hard. sense that the stormtrooper has this weapon or that he would use it in this case. And I've got no problem with Ray using it because she's shown that she's pretty handy with that. See, I, I do still have a bit of a problem with that, but we'll get to that because that's right at the end. Right? Yep. Okay, now, at an hour and 15 minutes, the Resistance arrives. So it took them a whopping 17 minutes to cross a galaxy. Because we know they weren't in the five closest planets because no. we saw them blow up. Yep. So they must have been even further away and showed up to start fighting. And Poe is with them already. Yeah. He's fighting in a tie, or he's fighting in the X-wing fighter at this point already. He crashed on the planet at the same time yeah. as and got ahead of him. Yeah, somehow he's already suited up and ready to go. That just seems... he's probably flown a dozen missions as well already. <laughs> it just seems so ridiculous. And I will say this: Why is everyone such a crack shot in this 
movie. Like, I'm okay. I love Han Solo. Fine. He can do two shots and one shot where he's not looking. I'll let that one slide. But everybody else seems to be just dead aim every shot. Except, of course, for the stormtroopers. Uh, but Finn was a stormtrooper, but now that he's not wearing the armor, <laughs> apparently he he's also can shoot. That's so funny, because that's exactly what I thought. It's like, he's going to miss everybody, but no, he hits everybody dead, dead center. So apparently um, they just need to get rid of the armor, yeah. and then they would be Realize your true potential, stormtroopers. There you go. Finn says your favorite line at this point. Yeah. That one hell of a pilot talking about Poe. First of all, I don't. I don't mind them referring to hell as a place, but using it as kind of a slang term feels a bit out of place in Star Wars. And it's done a couple times in this one. So it's more a picky thing. That's definitely yeah. a picky thing on my part. But I do find that a bit Because would they even have a concept of hell? I have that problem with a lot of movies that, that use hell in that way. But I, I'm pretty sure that Han in the original trilogy does mention that at some point. Right, okay. Like, I'll see you in hell. So I, I'll, I'll let that go, but it just seems... Problems. I don't think we've talked about it yet, but one of my problems with Finn's character is that the way they have him speak does not sound like it belongs in the Star Wars universe. Right. That's definitely something that was mentioned on the podcast I listened to. The Hello Internet podcast definitely mentioned that. And I was so happy that they said it because I felt that as well. And I, I don't know. I, I just don't understand why they would do that. And so many times it just feels jarring. It doesn't fit. Right. And that, and this is one of them. But why does he have to say that? Oh. Because we have to be told that Poe is great. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm just not seeing it. I, I would rather be shown that he's great than being told he's great. As soon as I'm being told he's great, I'm assuming he's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ray at this point is powerless against Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Taken very easily. Yep. Yeah. I love the magician sleeve thing. <laughs> yeah. Which does so easily. All right. This is important later. Yeah. A ship lands and it's Leia and C-3PO. And they just happen to be here too. Now, I love the fact that Leia's here, but she's the general, general of the whole resistance, and she decided to just come along for the ride. Come along to this place? Yeah. When there are five plants being destroyed at the same time? i just not sure I understand. Now, I'm sure that there will be some people who will tell me that they didn't know that the plants were being destroyed because they were probably in light speed at that point, so they, maybe they didn't know. But it just seems like there's a lot maybe. going on for her to just show up at what? Seems to be a dangerous situation. You yeah. don't put your most important people on the front line. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And of course, then C3PO has this stupid bit about the red arm. I didn't see, we talked about that. And you don't recognize me because I have a red arm. But what was the joke? Because you said, oh, it's just so you could say that stupid joke. But I didn't I think even... it's, I think it's meant to be funny. No, oh, that's supposed to be funny. Yeah. Oh. Like, of course, we would recognize him because uh, right. he's C3PO. But I do like. CGP Grey on the on that Hello Internet podcast, he right. did say that he thought that was kind of amusing because maybe droids see each other differently, and so maybe having a red arm might make him look like a completely different person or a completely different droid to another droid. And I I kind of get that. I think that's an amusing idea. Yeah. But it just felt like I love C3PO in the originals. I mean, he could definitely be irritating at times, but he's kind of irritating on purpose. But ever since say Attack of the Clones. They've just tried to make, like, everything he says is meant to be funny, and it's not. And it's yeah. really, really heartbreaking to see it happen to a character. I yeah, like. they've, they've mistaken his, I don't want I don't know how to say this. Yeah, they've, they've mistaken his kind of relationship 
with R2, which was funny and it was supposed to be because it was based on like other 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 movie relationships. And then they, yeah, they've taken that as like, no, he's the comedy relief now, and let's just give him silly lines to say. Yeah. Okay. I I just don't I just don't like it anymore. And I, I want C-3PO to be there, but I almost don't after things like this. We'll see. Maybe he will be amazing in The Last Jedi. I can hope. Maybe he is The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, the entire galaxy is doomed if that's the case. <laughs> okay. At this point, we're roughly halfway through the movie and halfway through the story. We get to the Resistance base, again with zero travel time. And every ship can arrive at virtually the same time. And here's where Poe sees BB-8, and I would say, shows a bit too much affection. Yeah, he's definitely sleeping with her. <laughs> then Poe and Finn are also too happy to this see is, each other. This is, I mean, I can get the droid bit, kind of. Luke fawns a lot over R2. They've been through a lot. But they've been we through can, a we lot. We can assume they've been through a lot. We know yeah. what Finn and Poe have been through. Nothing. They went through that five minutes of getting off the, the ship onto Jakku, and that was it. Yeah, and they're best friends all of a sudden. But they bonded because they had his jacket or something. I don't know. But Yeah. Oh, no, you, you keep it. I like how you're saying, like, I'll give it back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Actually, that's, that's like uh, very rare leather from some planet that I... Or what I would... You know, I... Uh, it's got my flight badge on it and stuff. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more, you know, I nearly died on Jakku because I didn't have any cover. Because <laughs> I didn't have a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you protected yourself with it pretty well, I see. Uh, yeah. But this is also where we see R2-D2. Oh. And he's in low power mode, which I guess is droid depression Droid depression. Is that what you saw it as low power mode? Droid depression, yeah. He's like, oh, well, he hasn't been the same since Master Luke left. He's in low power mode. He may never be the same because again. Because droids have feelings. I'm okay with droids having feelings. Mm. I think it doesn't work if they don't have at least some sort of feeling. I mean, take our very first time with uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 on Tatooine, where they get irritated with each other and separate. Yeah. If they had no emotions, that never Yeah, that wouldn't have happened, that's true. But this is a bit extreme, and I feel kind of pointless. And then BB-8 has to be the one to try to uncover him to make this conversation happen. But why Why did you go over and uncover that? What, what was your point? Are you just bored? I, just, I, I was I, bored, yeah. I don't, I don't know why BB-8's I doing that. I wanted to know what it was. Yeah, I, I don't get that. We're also... I think told by Leia, I think, that Snoke seduced Kylo Ren yeah. in some way. But this is a part where I go, well, how? How did that happen? If Luke was watching over him, I don't understand. And perhaps it will be explained, but I feel like it won't. I feel like whatever backstory we were going to get was in this movie, and it's, it's done. Especially now that it's a new director for the next one. And, well, I guess he's doing the last one, so he'll... I was gonna say he'll fill in he'll fill in no. some of the holes. He's gonna he's gonna leave it pretty open, I think. Yeah. Closing is not Abram's strong suit, in my opinion. No, it's not. But yeah, I mean, how does anyone get I mean you just gonna have to fill that one yourself? Fear, I guess, and No, I, I suspect since Disney's going to be releasing these every year from now to the end of time, they'll probably make this movie. Disney please don't. <laughs> but they probably will. The next part I have in my notes. Ray is in a room, like, uh, not 
the shackle down, I guess. In Poe's old room. She's got his, yeah, his she's old room. she's got the same shackle. And Kylo Ren is there. Yeah. And she says something about him being so intimidating with his mask on or something. And so he takes it off. I think that's just so we can see the actor's face. Yeah, Judge Dredd style. I, yeah. I don't think there's any reason to, for him to take off the mask. Yeah. And from what I understand of Kylo Ren's character, he would want to be intimidating. He would want to be powerful. So taking it off does not give him any advantage. So why would he do it? Yeah, no, I agree. That's, uh... I, I suspect it's just so that they can show that they aren't doing what they did with Vader, having one actor and a different voice. Mm. But I will say, once he takes off the mask and they stop doing the mask voice, his voice is much less intimidating. And Ray's totally right. He is not nearly as intimidating now. Yeah. And I think he should have left it on. I think he should have left it on. I don't understand that. Because when he took I remember in the cinema, my reaction to when he took his mask off, and I actually, I actually giggled. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to admit, I, I did pretty much the same thing. Really? <laughs> because it seems so pointless, and it. Because he was a kid. It's just, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, could you imagine if Darth Vader took his mask off and it was Anakin, like that face? You know, just like you would just be like, "What? Did, you, you, you're the bad guy." Do you mean the um, the young Anakin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was even thinking old Anakin from Jedi. All oh, right. If yeah. you'd taken that mask off and it was just this kind of old guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would not be nearly as intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it no, just no advantage works. to taking that off. You're right. Yeah. My favorite part is coming up next, though. Is it? Yeah. Okay, well, let me see here. Oh, okay. So Kylo Ren takes off his mask because it's less interesting and less intimidating, though I think it's much more intimidating mm. to, to keep it on. The First Order has all of a map except for the BB-8 piece. Um, which is a jigsaw piece. Which is a jigsaw piece, which, yeah, we'll definitely talk about again, but clearly just fits perfectly but that piece is not much. Go find Luke. You have thousands of people. You have hundreds of ships. And you're you're missing like five planets out of the piece. You have everything else. Just go. Oh, do you need a way to find Luke? Um, sorry, Kylo Ren. Aren't you one with the Force? Can't you sense him from a distance? Can't you go search the planets? If he is that important, it seems they're being kind of lazy about it and just killing time trying to find this droid that has the missing piece to the map that they don't even know for sure is the missing piece. They haven't seen it. Yeah. But stupidly, like, Kylo Ren sensed that Rey had seen the map once. Yeah. He goes, oh, well, that's enough. I'll get it out of her. Her memory could be totally faulty. Yeah. But I mean... I, we're, we're, we're talking about... We're talking about a map here. Is Kylo Ren going to draw it with crayons once he <laughs> sees it in her mind? <laughs> How is he yeah. going to make this happen? Yeah. Is he going to be the one piloting a ship based on what he remembers from her memories? This is a totally faulty system. And the general like says this to Snoke, this was a dumb idea. And I totally agree. Yeah. And that's, that's what was set up in the beginning, though, with his stupid, his stupid ideas. I think I'm hoping that they were moving towards this point where he just flat out makes terrible decisions like oh yeah we don't need the droid anymore he's like what are you talking about no 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 let's get her and the droid no 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 it's cool i got this but here's the part where he reads her mind but not who she really is because we need to save that for the next movie yeah i think this is going to be a problem in the future if they're going to say he's so great at reading minds and it's going to be some really obvious stuff that he should have seen in her mind yeah go uh why didn't you see that before like so that's my prediction like we're brother and sister or yeah 
whatever, yeah, whoever she is. So then Ray starts blocking him from reading her mind just before he gets the map. Yeah. Conveniently, oh, well, you figured out everything else about me. But no, let me stop you there. Let me read your mind. Yeah, let me read your mind. <laughs> and let me read your most intimate, powerful thought about Vader, who she probably doesn't even know who it is. You know, and I'm... Probably not. Well, actually, she might. I mean, if the Luke mythos is throughout the world, then mm. I guess she might know who that is. But that seemed to come out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was, uh, okay. Then that brings you... Is this your favorite part? Yeah, coming soon. No, no, it's not my favorite part. It's my favorite dumb part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray escapes. Is yeah. that is that it? Yeah. Yes. First off, do you want to share your interesting trivia fact that I didn't know? Oh, that, yeah. That Daniel Craig is the stormtrooper that she gets to, but that she mind tricks. Yeah, which I had no idea. So there might be five other people in the world that also didn't know that. <laughs> I think I'm the last person in the world to know. I think I've got Reddit to thank for that. It was just like, yeah, I don't know how he got that part, but he's in it. He's the stormtrooper. Uh, but she controls the mind of the stormtrooper, but how does she know to do that? That's my problem. It's like, okay, they are now discovering that, oh, I can use the force. Like, how do you know the Jedi mind trick? exists that's she hasn't seen that happen that's impossible it's that that's like i mean i wish i could think of a good analogy but that's like you know like when someone gives you a set of tools for example then you're like i'm not even going to use them to build what i'm supposed to build i'm going to use them to do something else completely different that doesn't make any sense yeah okay i can lift objects i can read people's minds but how can you plant a thought in someone's mind and yeah that whole scene was just ruined by that because it doesn't make any sense. Like you've never seen it in action. You've never seen it work. Before. You can't even guess that this is. You don't even know it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't even know. So unless, unless we are told in a future movie that somehow she was being guided by someone. Yeah. Well. Say Yoda in ghost form was there. We just didn't see him. Yeah. Well. And then when they re-released them, they, they <laughs> still put him in there. <laughs> but otherwise, no. I I hate this, and this is exactly where I really. I really started to lose any faith that they were going to put any thought into her or her powers at this point. And it only gets worse from here. I feel yeah. like this is where we also, we've already talked about this, but where the, what I call the death planet instead of the death star, where the death planet is sucking in the energy from a star. It is a hyperlight speed weapon. They call it. Okay. And the actual name of the planet is star killer base, which makes no sense because they don't, well, they do uh, kill a star. I guess by draining it. Yeah. Star vampire base. Kind of, yeah. So I guess that is sort of apt, but it's really a planet killer. So what it is. It's both. Two yeah, for one. Yeah. Here's the thing. Finn knows a heck of a lot about the star killer weapon for a stormtrooper who has had zero experience. And as we find out, works in sanitation. Yeah. He even knows its weakness. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to lower a blast door or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Blast shield. <laughs> oh, here, here it is. Here's the weakness. Oh, thanks. And how did you know that? You <laughs> shouldn't know that. But I do love the fact that Han says, "Oh well, what's the weakness? There's always a weakness." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of meta line was just brilliant coming from him. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> we know. It. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let, let's just skip to it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was quite good. But I do think that that's pointless. Finn shouldn't know. He shouldn't know its weakness. He shouldn't know a whole lot about it, really. The engineer should know the weakness. Yeah, he's enough. Yeah. 
this is also where we finally, uh, right after that, we meet our first female stormtrooper. I think it's our first outside of Phasma. If you count her as a stormtrooper. Oh, there, it, she just comes up and talks to someone, and it's like clearly a female voice. Oh, I don't remember that part at all. No, yeah. okay. No, I just I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess it makes sense because they're not clones now, right? So yeah, it doesn't matter. <sighs> okay, Kylo Ren and his Force powers are also. I feel a bit inconsistent because sometimes he seems oblivious to things going on around him. But as soon as Han Solo lands the Falcon, he's like, Solo, Han Solo. Not even, I haven't sensed, you know, I'm I'm sensing a presence like, yeah. oh, no, hey, Dad, how's it going? Yeah. You know? But he can't tell when he's five feet behind him. Yeah. But he can't, he can't find Ray. Right. This is what I don't understand. This is where I find it be inconsistent. Ray is climbing all over the place. He has no idea where she is. But Han Solo, who's like a couple miles away in the Falcon, oh yeah, I sense him. <laughs> now maybe they're saying a, a family tie makes it stronger, but or maybe sensing but without direction. So maybe he knows Ray is here, obviously, but maybe, maybe, maybe. but it it seemed a bit too specific and a bit too quick. And then Finn and Han capture Phasma. And she immediately goes, oh, hi, FN2187. Do you really have everybody memorized like that? <laughs> I mean, does she only have 10 people working under her? That I could understand, yeah, but yeah. she seems more powerful than that. But again, we're not told anything about her, so. And she knows the name of the janitor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the other thing. Yeah, I don't know. He was a janitor. We needed... If he was a janitor, why did they take him down to the planet in the first place? I guess place? on their downtime, when they're not murdering villages, uh, the yeah. villagers, they've... <laughs> they've got to do some meat yield. got to scrub the latrines and stuff, yeah. I, I guess. Because they're certainly not spent training with weapons. But then Phasma, Phasma gives in? Like, immediately? Yeah. Like, real quick. Like, I'll just lower the defense of everything so you can blow everything up. Yeah. Yeah. She's well trained. But that's the thing. If she is has that kind of power... She is way more powerful than someone who should know Finn's call sign yeah. easily and every time like this. Okay, here's here's the part that irritates you. This is where Ray speaks Wookiee. Oh, oh man, yeah. I, I mean, she doesn't actually literally sound like it, but she can understand Chewie as well yeah. as Han does. Yeah, and that's just nuts. It's like, okay, I can, I can, I can go for the droid. We we're talking about this earlier. Maybe, you know, bleeps and bloops like programming language. She works with robots. Robots speak to each other. Luke understands droids in like like the ones that talk to the machines. I think. Um, yeah, see, I I I disagree <coughs> with this. I also anyway. All I'm saying is I can understand it because she works with mechanical things. Not you cannot speak a new species language like that. Maybe hello mm. and thank you. But he says something and she's like, yeah, whatever, blah blah blah, and she replies to it like she's completely understood it. The Rosetta Stone again. She's been studying. Well, she's been in between fighting. Yeah. Oh well, this is what. This is what Chewie says. He essentially says it was Finn's idea to rescue Rey. Ah, right. Because they're trying to push this love story that for me doesn't feel like it's working. Here we have Rey again. She can just open any door. Yeah. She seems to know how everything works, except how to shut off the Starkiller base, I guess. They, they should have just said, uh, can you just shut this down? Can you just make it self-destruct? Yeah. That might have saved time, since she could do pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah. And now here, here's a scene where Han confronts Kylo Ren, calling him Ben, which is his son, and walks out onto this a ridiculous... Very dangerous ledge. Yeah, like railing. That I don't think anyone ever expected him to come back from. This is too ridiculous a situation and too obvious what's going to happen. 
And I understand. I mean, I've heard in an interview that Harrison Ford said he was coming back. This would be the last one. And he wanted to make sure it was the last one. So Han Solo would have to die. Right. And I'm okay with it. But this seems stupid. This seems like a, such a waste of a character. It's a stupid death. And Ray and Finn just, Ray and Finn just happen to show up to watch from the balcony. Right. And the way he gets stabbed also makes zero sense. I... He, he has a hand on the lightsaber and then just all of a sudden it's straight through him. Yeah. I thought if it was the side, ha- you know, the, 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 I don't know, the side bits yeah. of the, I thought maybe it was that, but no, it's way too long. It <laughs> sticks out the back of him like 10 feet. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it doesn't work for me and it just seemed dumb. And I guess, see, I don't understand here Kylo Ren's thinking. So he thinks that he needs to kill his father in order to kind of move on to the next level. Yeah. He's trying to be like Vader. Yeah. Which if we hadn't had the prequels, then this might work. This might say something about Anakin's character that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. But we do know about Anakin's character and we know that <laughs> stupidly from The Phantom Menace, he had no father. Mm. So I don't understand how that translates, right? Unless he's trying to be like Luke, but he's not. He's trying to be like Vader. So it doesn't make any sense to me, thinking that he needs to kill his father in order to move on. Well, I think that's what Snoke's told him, isn't it? I mean, I I guess I don't think he thinks that. He's just been told, like, if you get the chance, take him out. But they're, they're trying to say he's conflicted. Yeah. And he kind of says he's conflicted, but I don't really see it except for what he says and what Leia says. Right, Leia says no. There, he is still good. But is there? I don't yeah, know. we did. We certainly didn't see it. I almost would rather that there isn't. I would almost rather they weren't trying to mirror the Luke Vader story. I would almost rather no. He's just bad. Yeah, and he just needs to be taken out. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Um, I'm a solid, a solid bad guy. Yeah, I I would prefer that. So again, we don't know where they're going to go with that. But at this point in the story. He's conflicted, but only because we're told he's conflicted. I don't, I don't sense it from anything else that he's doing. But then Han dies, and that's just ridiculous. Here's a problem I have with the, I say the rebels, but it's the resistance, right? The resistance uh, seems to know exactly how long it's going to take before the Starkiller base can fire. How do they know? They have kind of zero plans of this place. They don't know what's going on. And they've not really seen it in action. How do they know? How long is it going to take? This is just a movie trope to build up the tension. Yeah. But they go, oh, it can fire in two minutes. How, how do you know? Did Finn tell you that? Because mm. we weren't told that. Yeah. It's, yeah. He had the map to look, not the map to the Death Star. So yeah. they're pushing the knowledge that they have, there, yeah. I think. But then here's an important part where Finn and Ray they walk outside, right? And immediately, Kylo Ren is waiting for them. That was... I, I didn't, you, you've certainly t- t- taken a lot of notes on the, the time uh, w- warping in this, but that one was like, whoa, hang on. So they were way up at the top of that structure. He was way down at the bottom. And across the bridge. And across the bridge. And they're gunning for the Falcon. And then he is in front of them. Yeah. How did that happen? Now, some people will say that because he was injured from the shot that Chewie... Oh, and he was right, wounded, yeah. Right. But they will say, oh, well, that's why Finn and Ray even stand a chance against him. But he clearly can run flat out amazingly and beat them yeah. to the exit. So 
That I don't is... know how weak he really is, right? So you can't have you can't have both. Maybe he had a glass elevator. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, that's the only explanation for how he got there. Yeah, but that's that's my argument is you can't have it both ways. He is either injured or he is super powerful. It's not both. Yeah. Right. So I find that just to be ridiculous. This is also right after the explosion, right? He didn't stop to go, oh, why is everything exploding around me? He's just already outside. And he also calls Finn a traitor. Now, he does have the Force, and he might recognize who it is, but he's only ever seen him in armor before. Because Phasma, early on in the movie, when Finn takes his helmet off, says, who gave you permission to take your helmet off? They always wear their helmet, apparently. Yeah. So makes me go, well, how do you know what he looks like? Maybe you could say that he's got the force, but I mean, even I, 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 I mean, by that point, he's known that he's traveling with Ray. They yeah. wouldn't be too hard to put two and two together. So. I guess, but traitor. I, I, huh? I, I mean, I, I guess, but this is the type of thing you call someone that you trusted. Right. This is the type of thing you you call someone that you expected differently from. For all we know, he didn't know Finn until the village, and he is so far below. Kylo Ren in rank, and how Kylo Ren sees the world as being, I am above everything, at least the way I've interpreted it. Why would he be so offended by Finn? I don't understand. Yeah. They're trying again to add a feeling, a connection that for me just isn't there. He should have just said, oh, what are you doing? You're worthless. You're not worth my time. She's the one I'm concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> sanitation worker like if he said <laughs> yeah. that like that would have made more sense to me but i i just got like how how did he know who he was i get i it just seemed pointless and, and a bit too emotional here's where kylo ren says the lightsaber belongs to him and is that because it used to be anakin's yeah i think so okay i think that's why he said how does he know oh um is it because is it because did of when I... he read ray's mind did I make something up, or did, was it in the movie? Because I remember that making sense. I don't know if that was because I made something up and filled it in. <laughs> I think it was. You possibly did. What do you know? What you filled it in with? No, I can't remember now. But yeah, how would? You, no, maybe I was thinking about something else. Maybe it's something another thing. But yeah, it's, it's a good point. I have no idea how he would know that actually. Yeah. Um, so unless he read Ray's mind and Ray somehow had the visions but again how did the visions And I get think there? he's Is... probably studied the past wars and stuff. He probably let's say he knows the lore, you know. I guess. So maybe he's a collect he's he's obviously a collector. He's got the helmet. He's yeah. try, trying to make up the set. Maybe. Maybe he just feels all lightsabers belong to him. He wants to craft the badge. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Ray's powers again are a bit inconsistent. She's been knocked out. Yeah. Right. Just before Finn fights oh, yeah, Kylo Ren. Against, she was thrown against that tree. She was thrown she? against a tree very easily and knocked out for pretty much their whole fight. Then the lightsaber falls into the snow after Finn is defeated. And... Again, with no knowledge of telekinesis, right. manages to grab it. But it's more than that. This is where the scene really irritated me, the way that they did it. Kylo Ren is pointing his hand at the lightsaber, ready to pull it towards himself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He thinks he's got it. He has no reason to think anything else. Yeah. Why does he duck out of the way? <laughs> I was just going to say that because that was so dumb because... It should have hit him in the chest. She's <laughs> behind him. Yes. I mean, I like the, the idea of it. It's like, I've got this. It's like, 
Ta-da. No, I've got it. But she's right behind him. It's coming straight towards him. Why didn't he just catch it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what you wanted to happen. Yes. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, if she made it arc over his head or yes. around his body or something like that or through his legs, anything. But he thinks he's got it. It's coming straight towards him and he doesn't catch it. It's like, this was your plan. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Even if he senses that she's pulling it at the last second because he has Jedi reflexes. He should still sense, oh, well, she's pulling it. I should get it before she does. Yeah, and, and I'm in between it. her and it, yeah. so I'm first in line here. Awesome, it's Christmas. It makes no sense. And then here's where... Oh, okay, sorry. There is a, a bit of an interruption of the fight where Hansel's explosion, the one that he and Chewie set off, apparently make a giant oscillator the weak point of the Starkiller base weaker because Poe and the X-Wing fighters were doing nothing at this point, but apparently that tiny explosion, I mean, it's tiny when we're talking how big this place really is, yeah. did enough to suddenly make it weak enough that they could fly in. It made a hole, didn't it? That was what it yeah. was. It made a hole. But so. they didn't even, um, that wasn't even part of the plan. Like, they just noticed, oh, hey, there's an explosion. Maybe it's weaker now. Let's go. And I just, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. But then we go back to the lightsaber fight, because... Of course, it's a Star Wars movie. It has to have a lightsaber fight. So here we are having our lightsaber fight between somebody who his whole life is based around wanting to be like Vader and being the most powerful and Rey, who knows how to fight with a, a staff stick. that she kind of found on a ship somewhere. It looks like part of a ship. It looks like she... It's like a pipe Ju- from something. Jury rigged it together yeah. out of things, yeah. No. I was going to say no. But I mean, I'm, all I'm saying is at least they set it up that she's... She can she can use a melee weapon. It's like yes, it's not the same weapon. Oh, I I could let it slide for that. It's like yeah, but it's also but it would be it would be like someone who's practiced shadow boxing against an actual Muhammad boxer. Ali. Yeah. yeah, and that really bothers me. <laughs> Remember when I said that he threw her against a tree and she was knocked out for a few minutes? Yeah, he doesn't do that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that bit, like when you're playing Street Fighter, you just keep on crouching and sweeping their leg in the corner and they can't get up. It's like, yeah, I just force you back into that tree again. Yeah. Why? Does he want to spar with her? I don't know. But he never seems to use his force powers again when clearly he has much better control of them. He should. Even if she has more raw power, he is more trained and he's been using them for a long time. So he should be able to win this with zero problem. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it gets worse for me because they get to the edge of a cliff and Kylo Ren has Rey overpowered. She's leaning over the cliff and he stops to offer her uh, force lessons. He's like hey I can teach you how to use the force. <laughs> force well he's, his words were I can teach you the ways of the force right? Yeah. And he stops to let her think about it. Rey meditates. Um, he lets her and suddenly she's super better at saber fighting because she meditated. I don't know. Yeah. I guess because now she tuned into the Force somehow, magically. And then it gets to the point where Rey has the red saber kind of pointed down at the ground, like melting the snow. Yeah. And how? Like Because it's for a long time. Is she using the Force to hold it down? Like, you would think that he would just... This is not a normal sword. Yeah. He would just retract it, let her fall down, and then stab her. Right, I I, did, I just don't 
understand what's going on here except that Ray must win. Yeah. Right? The story seems to say Ray must win, and so it does. But but of course before that it can be completed, a giant chasm has to be created conveniently pushing Ray and Ren apart. Yeah. It's like that was really lucky that, that massive ravine just separated them. I mean, I was wondering about why that happened and the only reason I can think of I don't know what you think about that, mm. but is that I get the feeling that Ray is pretty angry maybe she's can she could sway either way i think that's going to be a problem hopefully later maybe a little bit of conflict uh, not confrontation she'll have a bit of conflict conflict and so they needed to remove that like because you would have just killed him but don't strike down in anger all that kind of stuff mm. she would have that would have made her a little bit darker so maybe they just were like okay we need to physically separate these people how do we do that i don't know let's make a big earthquake right between them right and at this point, the First Order General runs in to Snoke saying, oh, the planet is destroyed. And Snoke says, bring me Kylo Ren. It's time to complete his training. So apparently his training isn't done yet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't but I, I was also just like, I don't know. It just seemed like that that's all you have to say. And the General really ran in to talk to the hologram before just taking off to save his life. Because I kind of got the impression that's the kind of character he is. Yeah. Seemed a bit weird. He just seems to have too much connection to Snoke, which I, I guess is just my bias because in the old movies, the Emperor seemed to talk directly to the Sith. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was to Vader and Vader alone. Yeah, um, for anything like that. So it just feels a bit weird. Uh, the Death Planet, <laughs> the Star Killer base, explodes and basically leaves a star behind. It feels like like there's just mm. this giant ball of fire there and. It just makes me wonder, like, okay, I'll, I'll give you that this giant planet base could fly close to a, a star. But I want, like, X-Wing fighters and stuff. It just seems like the sheer gravity of being that close <laughs> would just suck them apart. Yeah. But then, oh, we get the happy ending. They all return to the what, the Alliance base, and Finn, we're told, has a heartbeat. Yay? Yeah. I don't know. I I personally never really connected to Finn as a character. And I know he's going to be important, I guess. But like I said, I find him to be very inconsistent. So at this point, I'm not excited. Yeah. BB-8 goes up to R2-D2, who conveniently wakes up now. Yeah. Oh, hey, guys, I'm awake. I'm not depressed anymore. Yeah, because I suddenly have a map to Luke, except it's missing a piece. How how do you have this map? Yeah, that's a good... Well, I mean... Like, I think we're led to believe that R2's been thinking about this somehow and somehow putting it together. But... How? Like, he's not stupid. If he had all these pieces for this amount of time... I mean, that's the thing. We don't know anything. Like, if this was a standalone movie, this would be terrible, but it's not. And hopefully these are going to be answered because, yeah. Okay, so Luke wanted to be left alone, I guess, yeah? Yeah. So... But did he leave a scavenger hunt of clues, a Black Watchman kind of style story? Yeah, I mean... Story. R2, I, I'm going to leave you some ideas of where I'll be just in case, but uh, don't bother me. But don't try and find me, but maybe if you need to find me, come and find me, but don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's odd. So, I mean, he's wanting to be left alone, and they are pestering him. They're trying to find him. Who knows? Who knows? We could we could talk for another hour about that. Like, that alone is a mystery in itself that I hope is addressed. But, of course, his map is conveniently missing a jigsaw-like piece with yeah. mentioned before. I mean, literally missing exactly the same shape as the map that BB-8 happens to have. Like, you would expect maps to have kind of an overlap if you're combining two different maps. And like, oh yeah, this is where this connects. Oh no, 
it's literally yeah. cut out. Yeah. And BB-8 has to get it and project it. We can't give it to R2. Yeah. No, no. We, and, the, and, and here's the other thing as well. When I saw that jigsaw piece, I was like, that doesn't even make sense because the line is essentially a straight line. It curves a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's just like it's like an L shape almost like that. And yeah. it just comes around like that. If you wanted to s- scramble your trail, you would draw a really convoluted line to get to that final spot. And you wouldn't make it a jigsaw piece like this. You'd make it a strip or a really jagged piece that cuts through all of those lines or somehow distorts that map. That is the dumbest map. If you're trying to hide from someone, that's the dumbest map ever. I just hated it. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. No, I agree. But it also, I mean, even we're saying that's the path that he took. Well, he took a pretty straight line. Yeah. He didn't do any double backing or anything to kind of confuse people. So I... I, I mean, I get it. It's like that map is from a galaxy. It might even be a galaxy itself. Who knows? Let's wait and find out. But maybe it is a galaxy. I don't know. But it looks like part of a galaxy. And even then, you're talking maybe 10,000 planets to search. But it can be done. And yeah, with the technology they have. They can build in a giant... You can a, travel a giant to each one in 10 seconds anyway. So what's the big deal? That leads me to my final point. Okay, <laughs> My final point on time. The Millennium Falcon leaves at about two hours, four minutes, and roughly 16 seconds. Yeah. And it will arrive exactly 30 seconds later to the planet where Luke is. 30 seconds (laughs) to fly there. (laughs) But we don't know how much time passed on that, though. That could be days, weeks, months. Ray walking up the hill took a solid minute, and that was with some cuts to make (laughs) it not take longer than that. Yeah. It takes her longer to walk up a hill than it does for them to go clear across that map and follow that dotted line <laughs> to the end. Yeah. Well. So, again. Walking is hard. My. <laughs> you stop for a break. <laughs> Overall, my four problems. Things are way too coincidental. Yeah. Time doesn't matter. Okay. There's no real motivation for the characters or they're very confusing. And. There's lots of mystery boxes, connections, and just backstories that are just left out. Just, uh, yeah, they're, they're varnished. The one thing I will, uh, will say that was, we talked about, about this last night a little bit, that I, have a, I, I, I had a sudden controversial thought when I was watching it at the end okay. of it. And it was, after watching that, I actually felt better about the prequels. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I don't, I mean, I think that's the common thing. And I think that Personally, I feel like that's part of the reason why Force Awakens got such a positive response when it came out. I think people saw, oh, well, this is very much like A New Hope. I like A New Hope. It is A New Hope. Th- this is, yeah, which which is the problem we have, yeah, right? Yeah, But a lot of people were just saying, well, at least they're trying to make it more like the original ones. They're not trying to make it like the prequels. And at least it was better than the prequels. Right. But that's, so- not, a, that's not a very high bar set. Exactly, but here's what I was thinking, right? So when I when I thought about that, mm-hmm. I was thinking it did make me feel better about the prequels because looking back, at least Lucas tried to do something different. It wasn't good. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. at least he tried to take it in a new. He could have redone his old stuff. He could have just kept doing that. Maybe who knows? Maybe oh, okay. some, some people say he lost see, his no, touch. I, was like, I misunderstood. I thought you were saying. Oh well, at least it was better than the prequels. That's what I. That's what I thought you were saying, and I was like, "Well, that's not controversial." Okay, um, no, you're saying it actually made you appreciate the prequels more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after watching that, because like Lucas took a gamble, and 
yeah, of course it didn't work. Ninety percent of everyone hated it and wanted, like, were sending him death threats and stuff. And but they didn't. Was, but they didn't at first. No, I mean no. you remember when Phantom Menace came out, people were raving about it. Like a lot of people. Are they? Seen... Oh, I wasn't one of those people. Yeah, that's for well, sure. I I wasn't either. But people I knew they liked it. I went to see it two or three times because after the first time we went back again because we're like, did we miss something? Like, yeah. I, I was very conflicted. I'm, sure I said that, I, I'm pretty sure that was not a good movie. I wanted to like it, but something about it, I just didn't. I couldn't get the stupid parts out of my yeah. head. But the problem was, right, there were really, movie-wise, visually interesting, very cool parts. The lightsaber fights in that movie yeah. were brilliant. There was even that extra kind of tiny one between Qui-Gon and Darth Maul early on, which kind of came out of nowhere, was intense. And like Qui Gon's out of breath when he gets to the ship, and yeah, that was intense, and that was pretty amazing. It was John Williams' music. It was yeah. it was back. It was brilliant. There were good moments in there. Yeah, I mean no. the, the Padres. Oh God, <laughs> story wise is really irritating, but looked good. That's what I mean, and it's like so he really pushed forward that CG. I mean, he went full hands down, all in on CGI. Maybe not the best thing, but as we've seen with Force Awakens. I'd prefer to keep them separate. Mm-hmm. They did great with the puppets. As soon as the CGI came in with the characters, I was out. It lost me. But Lucas went all in on CGI and may have paved the way for a lot of projects that followed on after that, like people watching that. Because like, he was a pioneer in that sense. you know. He's like, always been a pioneer. So, so, that's, so that's what I mean. So, yeah, so people looked at that and said, well, the movie was not very good, but look at all this stuff that we can use later. We can, we can, re, we can rework this and make it good. JJ went fooled down. He just played it safe for the entire movie. He he just rang the nostalgia bells. He tips, tiptoed through the entire thing and was just like, he remade A New Hope. And that's it. He, he rebooted the original and called it a sequel. And that's unfair. I don't. I, I think it's disingenuous and that's why I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. So, I guess that's it. I mean, we we <laughs> could and probably will off, off air talk about it even more, but I, I think we've gone on quite enough. I don't I don't think there's any more gaps to fill this time. I think we've done it. Do you think so? Yeah. Well, I think you should say it anyway. Gaps filled or more gaps created? <laughs>